1: Your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And today we have a special episode ready for you guys. Of course, we have Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. Landon, how you doing tonight, sir? Uh, I'm excited to have a guest. I think this is our first time to have a third party to kind of
2: stand between us as we spit at each other, which is nice. Yeah,
1: and for your guys' listening pleasure, we have Jonah Tolles from NDT Scouting. You can follow him on Twitter at Jonah Tolles NFL. Jonah, how you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing great, man. This is always great to be chatting with you guys. Yeah, let's jump right in, because we need somebody to gang up on Landon, with, oh, because on. I, I never I, I never have anybody to argue with. Uh, all right, so coming up on today's show, we talk about potential first-round targets for the Cowboys. Uh, we put together, pre-show, a list of six guys that we think make sense for the Cowboys in the first round. Uh, we kind of think that there's a pretty good chance that one or two of these guys fall to the Cowboys at number 19. Um, but before we do that, Stephen Jones at the combine this week mentioned how the Cowboys do not plan on spending a high pick on a one technique. Um, He could be lying. We'll we'll see what happens, but history has kind of shown that the Cowboys don't value that position. So we're going to lead right off with a very talented one technique in Vita Vea from Washington, Jonah, because you are our guest, I will let you go first. Talk to us a little bit about Vea and what he would offer the Cowboys at 19.
0: Yeah. So, The Stephen Jones comments were interesting because he is not – he said that they would not take a one technique at 19. But he also said that if that that one technique would have to offer three technique, value. I think Veya could do that. I think – I don't think you have to take Veya off the field. To me, you know – I don't know if you guys saw my tweet uh, last night, but if you saw uh, I said uh, Vea looks like the kind of guy who, you know, the kind of kid, Pop Warner, who was like three or four years older than every other kid. He wore the X on his helmet because he's he like a he like hundred <laughs> pounds bigger than everyone else. I mean, that's what he looks like. Against Stanford, he was throwing around guys like no problem, like they're little kids. <laughs> and to me, Vea, you don't have to take him off the field because I think he does have pass rush potential to where he can be an interior passenger productive one at that. So to me, I think he has those three tech qualities. I'm not sure if this team will think he does, because he's probably going to weigh 330, 340 pounds. You could probably hear Marinelli from right now saying, oh, I can't take the nose that high. Well, that's probably what's going to happen. So to me, Vea it's, after what hearing what Stephen Jones said, I don't think it's smoke screen. I think he is telling the truth here. They, you know, historically don't value the position. I, I just don't think, I don't think they were going to value Veya that high. But to me, I think he does offer that three tech quality, that three tech value that they're hoping for. I just don't know if they're going to see it that way.
1: Layden, what do you think of Aya?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I kind of agree. I mean, I think, and I hate to do the agreeing right off the bat. We should just be arguing, but uh, come on. <laughs> I, no, I, I I first of all I agree with the idea that this this may be a semantics debate, and that, um, and I don't know if Stephen Jones is. Is intentionally being tricky or coy by saying, that, you know, specifically that he wouldn't take a one technique, and then by you know, you know, kind of keeping his fingers crossed behind his back by you know the idea that Veia is also has some three technique uh, skill set uh, into him. I, 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 you know, the the question I have in my mind, you know, even before this all came out and we were discussing the the one technique as a whole is, are they? You know, one of the reasons I thought they would value this position more is because they've started to play more of that kind of three-down lineman, you know, technique where the you know all three kind of pass rush and then they drop a whole bunch of guys. And I feel like again, the Deacon, yeah, the Deacon is it would be a great you know kind of fit for to get Veon on the field for passing downs as well as obviously his ability as a run stopper. I mean, I think Jonah obviously nailed the player, you know, just. Uh, abnormally athletic for his size strong is you know the obvious thing that comes out uh, of him but but you can also see it that like when he really is trying to get through a gap or or get on the move like he he really can move for a guy his size it's really you know he is that kind of exception that you talk about um you, you know and i think that they you know i think that 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 loophole that was presented there is is a small one but i also think that it could be the kind of thing that you could get Beat to vea through even with even at his size. Uh, you know, I do think that this is a, one of those drafts that I mean, I Jonah's definitely seen four times as many players as I have, and that's why he's on here. But uh, I, I, to me, it feels like you could get a guy that could do one technique things maybe not as a pass rusher later in the draft, and maybe that's, you know, kind of why they would not go to vea, uh, you know, because they can get some value maybe later on. There are some good players later on in the draft, but, um, I yeah, I I kind of agree that I think Vea is is worth the value there, even in this defense. And, and I do agree that I I think that he could be that kind of exception to the rule because he could get, he gives you some pass rush. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily a whole bunch of sacks, but this guy will push the pocket into the quarterback's lap at least.
1: Look, I love Vea the player. I just don't think that's a realistic option for the Cowboys. So uh, we, uh, next this week at the combine. We should be hoping that Veer tests outside, you know, out, out of the building. Uh, he runs in the four nines like he's projected to do. So he ends up going ahead to them, so they can, you know, another good player can follow them. One of those players that could fall to them is wide receiver Calvin Ridley from Alabama. With some of the talk that Des may or may not be here this year, it's it's still up in the air. It sounds like they have not had a conversation yet about what they're going to do with. Uh, Bryant's contract. The Cowboys need receivers and they're especially going to need one if Bryant is not on the roster. So let's talk a little bit about Calvin Ridley. And I'll let you start off with this one. What did you see Um, from Ridley this year when he was torching your Auburn Tigers tell us a little bit about Calvin Ridley (laughs)
2: well yeah I mean just the caveat that he is not one of the guys that I've studied with you know coaches tape or anything and all I've seen is you know game tape and watching him live on tv like you said beating my Auburn Tigers or you know (laughs) any number of teams frankly uh and, and I think you know a lot of what you know, we even talk about it. We talk about it. The three of us, as a group, on Twitter. Twitter as a whole, Cowboys Twitter as a whole. You know, in the off season, discussed. You know, wide receiver is an option, and and I think you know most of us when we were discussing it, we're, we're discussing a, a complimentary guy, a Z receiver, a guy that you know because we I don't feel like even with Terrence Williams when he was good there was actually you know, the kind of prototype there, I feel like he actually was kind of more like a half X and half Z. And, uh, and, you know, it's like, it's, it feels like at times we've been missing the guy who is the uh, elite route runner, the guy who uh, can get separation. Um, You know, I think Sterling Shepard to me is the guy that like, is the kind of, Ideal situation there. Like I, I remember when he came out. I want a guy who comes out of the out of college, uh, running crisp routes and has the ability uh, to win. Uh, you know, in the NFL with with route running and with, with crispness. And I think to me that's what I see with Calvin Ridley. He's got speed. When he gets the ball in his hands, like he's he can be dangerous with it. Um, but to me, I, I think that I think makes him worthy of of taking him in the in the first round, especially in a year that you know we're trying to. Not just you know we're trying to load up and go. It's we're we're trying to compete. I, I think Ridley is one of the guys that has the kind of skill set that is required that that translates early in the NFL because he because he's refined in a lot of ways and he he runs routes like a like a like a pro. Um, but I, I think that that's you know that's the appeal there for me. And I, but again, making the argument. that on the other side, with with defensive tackle, there, there's also, from what I hear, everybody talking about, there's a ton of guys a little bit, you know, down the draft sure. who are good as well. I think the difference to me is that I think Ridley is a perfect fit for what the Cowboys want. He could come in right away, and I think you plug him in, and he's your starting, he's your, your Z receiver, and he becomes, you know, a uh, uh, more of a target grabber than uh, previous Z receivers in this offense have as of late.
1: So over the last couple of days, you've been kind of preaching the message that you think Calvin Ridley is going to be available to the Cowboys at 19. Why do you think he's going to be available, and what can he do for the Cowboys right away?
0: Yeah, so first, I think Landon nailed it on the head. Both what the Cowboys are looking for is a Z spot, what the Z position is, and how Ridley fits in that Z role. I think he nailed it that there. I think he's like a Stephon Diggs kind of player. where He fits that flanker while he play outside. Quick release, a guy who can get open. Um, with his speed, with his quickness, with uh, with good routes, to me, that's the kind of player he is. I think he'd be perfect for this Cowboys team. Now, that being said, you know when the when the season ended in college football, everyone thought, talked about really the top 10 pick. You know, maybe to the Chicago Bears at eight, maybe you know to you know and it's somewhere in the top 10. People that's what spot really was getting mocked. To me, what, with the combine coming up. You see, all you're gonna see a lot of players rise. You're gonna see a lot of players test out the gym. Um, you're gonna see players with good measurements. Like people, I, the eye test is gonna be in full effect uh, this this week. So, to me, when Ridley's gonna measure in about six foot, 190 pounds, i probably gonna run four four nine, four five two, somewhere in that range. Do um, You think he's that slow? Because I
1: think I, he's gonna run to the low four fours.
0: He might, but I, this, this is all just. You know, just just a uh, it's, it's a question for me because he could end up sure. running four, four five. I wouldn't be surprised, but there's also a very good chance he runs four four eight four four nine four four four, four five oh. So if he does that, if he does that, and is that six foot one ninety, is any team gonna be you know oh we have to take him top fifteen? You know his tape is top ten worthy. Landon just laid it out for you. He's a great player, but when you, everyone's gonna be so drawn in by the eye test and say wow man. Those measurements, the like the numbers. I'm not overwhelmed by him, and especially with past by receivers, you can see some teams get scared a little bit. You know, I think it was uh, Mike Malcolm's conference call said, We you know, one player in the past 13, one receiver in the past 13 receivers drafted in the first round has made the Pro Bowl. It's Amari Cooper. So. Uh-huh. I think teams are gonna get a little scared by that and also with Ridley's frame, you know, not the great best, not the greatest athlete. Now well, he's a good athlete, but he's not gonna be he's not gonna test out, out the roof like some of his other wide receivers will be. So you might see some other wide receivers jump up jump up ahead of him on their boards. So I can see him falling a little bit. I think the two teams Dallas has to watch out for is Arizona at fifteen and Baltimore at sixteen. Both teams yes. are in the market for a quarterback, but they could also use playmakers on the outside. Larry Fitzgerald, he's nearing the end of his career in Arizona. Baltimore needs every wide receiver that's available in the market. Um, they have no wide receivers, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to me, those are the two teams you have to watch out for. If he gets past those teams, I think he has a good shot being a Dallas Cowboy because of what Landon mentioned and what the Z position and what they need there.
1: Yeah, he's going to be an interesting case of metrics versus film because you look at any metric – And it does not fare well for Calvin Ridley. This is a guy that's going to be 24 years old in his rookie season. Uh, He did not put up big stats at Alabama. He's not going to test as a top spark athlete. Uh, But you turn on that film, and it's fantastic. So it's going to be interesting to see what teams um, kind of ignore some of those metrics that are a little bit more predictive than some of the ones we have. Um, Let's move on to a guy. Real quick, real
2: quick. Yeah, go ahead. And maybe this could serve as as a segue to... I kind of have viewed Calvin Ridley as the Isaiah Wynn of the wide receiver group because, because, and and the reason I say that is because Isaiah Wynn, like to me, the thing like where he wins is extreme technical, like uh, Mm. consistency. Like he just like, he doesn't take bad reps. Like he just, he just, you watch game after game after game of him just being technically proficient. Now, if you look at him, he's a left tackle who's a little bit undersized, and that's why he's being projected into guard. That's why you take a ultra high-level, consistent guy who played in the SEC and you knock him down to, you know, mid-level, like first round. You know what I'm saying? Because I think that's that's my process with both of these guys is that they both played at a high level. Maybe maybe you know, Rhett Ridley didn't produce, you know, stat-wise at a high level, but that may have been a lot to do with you know what he was playing with at Alabama, the offense that they're running, but. I think that, I think that both of these guys, you look at them high level of, of technical competence, uh, consistency over a long time in a high level conference, maybe not flashy, but that level of consistency at that, at that level of football is, is very valuable to a lot of teams.
1: Yeah, to me, this is what I like to call a veteran team pick, where you want a guy that can come in right away and be a pro. You don't want a guy that's going to need a lot of development and that you're going to have to worry about what he's doing uh, uh, on the night before a game. Ridley's going to come in and he's going to do his job. Now it might not—he might not have the ceiling of some of these other picks um, and maybe some of the other players that we're going to talk about, such as you know Marcus Davenport or even receivers like Cortland Sutton, who. Uh, have maybe a higher ceiling, but there it's going to take them a while to get to that level. Ridley can come in right away and produce. Um, and let's go ahead and talk about Isaiah Wynn because you brought him up. Uh, Landon, Isaiah Wynn, probably right now, my favorite pick for the Cowboys at 19. Uh, I, I love his ability to play guard. Uh, I, I think he can play right tackle in the, in the NFL. If you need him to Jonah, tell us a little bit about the tackle guard Isaiah Wynn from Georgia.
0: Yeah. So when I watched so Really, the only time I was really introduced to Isaiah Wynn, in terms of tape-wise, was at Mobile. That was when I first said, okay, I'm going to sit down and really analyze this game. And this guy did not lose a rep at Mobile. Like, this guy was playing, like, maybe on the first day when he was transitioning to left guard for the first time. He got beat by, I don't remember, I think it might have been Justin Jones or somebody there. But then, then he came up and, like, for the next three days, shut everybody out. It was crazy how... How quickly he transitioned from tackle to guard with ease. Um, just one with power, one with quickness. Um, he can win with any any type of way. Really technical type of player. Landon laid it out for you really well. Um, to me, he's a guy who's a plug and play guard at 19. You put him in there, you put him in between Tyron Smith and Travis Frederick, and he's going to put up some numbers for you. To me, um, Isaiah Wynn would be a great pick at 19. I don't I don't see why um, I don't see why people wouldn't like that. Maybe he's not the flashy pick. Maybe he's not the sexy pick. But to me, he's probably the best player you can pick there. If a guy like Ridley, Roquan Smith, some of the top guys are gone. I think it wouldn't be a great pick there. Uh, the only question I have with Wynn is that if he'll even be there, because to me, I think it's more likely that Wynn's gone than, Rid- than Ridley's gone. Because hmm. if, if you look at the offensive line teams, the teams ahead of Dallas need offensive linemen. Let's, let's start with Cincinnati. Cincinnati at 12 could use offensive linemen. The Redskins could use a guard. I mean, you got teams like um, Miami. Baltimore. Could, Miami could Chargers. use, Miami yeah. could use a left guard. I mean, you got Chargers, Seahawks, Ravens. I mean, so uh, there's a, it's a mindful you have to walk with Isaiah Win now. So I don't think it's a sure bet that he's there. I think he has a higher chance of going for ridley Really, he does. So to me, I think th- the question is not about Win's ability. The question uh, is about when is if he if he's going to be there, his availability for Dallas.
1: Landon, assuming that win is available, are you okay spending another first round pick on a left guard? I mean,
2: you're talking you're talking to the wrong guy here because I'll I'll spend all the picks <laughs> on the first on the guard. And, and, that's sure. And, and and again, yep. we, uh, just to lay it out, I I am not of, and I know some great people that that are involved in the community that feel this way. I am not of the minds that because you have strength at a position group, especially the position group that's supposed to be the engine of your team. I, I, that you should be plugging in lesser than's at those spots, just because you you can get away with you know trying to save some money there. I don't I don't think that that's necessarily the best idea. I think it's much more prudent to, to strengthen your strength and not overwork your, your your talent, trying to compensate for for lesser guys around him. Make your strength your strength. If that's the best player there, you need you need a left guard. It's not like you don't need that guy. You need it. So it, 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 to me, it increases the value, and, and you should go for it.
1: All right, another guy that is going to be talked about a lot in terms of his fit with Dallas is Derwin James, and that's especially true after Stephen Jones' comments on Tuesday where he basically confirmed that Byron Jones is going to be transitioning to cornerback, and they're going to keep Chidovia Wuzier at cornerback as well. Now they have a hole at safety. Uh, Landon, you watched Derwin James this week. What did you think of his game?
2: You know, it's funny because you you know when you start watching these guys late, you know, I, you know obviously I'm coming into this extremely late in the game with some of these guys and Derwin James's name has been thrown around a ton, um, and so you, you kind of you for for, for better or worse you go in with a certain amount of you know preconceived notion just based on noise you see on Twitter right and
1: the bias yeah,
2: everybody yeah has a i mean sure yeah, he, you go yeah exactly you, you've heard the name before then you, you know something about the guy right i guess the thing that that really struck me as opposed to so you know you, you go i go in thinking okay he's going to be this you know another one of these ultra athletic strong safety types um and i you know yeah i have a vision in my mind of what that is you know like a, a preconceived notion my own preconceived notion I was struck by first of all how easy a mover he is like it just mm. um I mean he's an incredible athlete I think that's clear but I think he's also just very fluid for a guy his size and, and the thing that really stuck out to me I can't wait to see what his arm measurements are because he seems extremely long to me like it's like and, and I think to me like that's the first thing when I see that like he looks like a like a like a basketball player kind of roaming around down there, you know. And, and I think that, like, to me, that's what really excites me about what his potential could be, especially kind of near the line of scrimmage in the passing game. Because I, I think that's the difference between other strong safeties, like that, you know, that the ultra-athletic strong safeties that, you know, other people in the past have not known what to do and this guy, is that, uh, to me, even though he doesn't have the production, I mean, you know... You could look at this guy from ten thousand foot view and think uh, j- j- uh, peppers from Michigan last year, right? Like just just by hearing mm-hmm. the, the the you know the the outside the outside noise, the outside yes, noise exactly. and and all that, this guy is not peppers at all. Like I I if I to me this it's not about like needing to. Find a spot to make this guy succeed, which I think that was the issue with Peppers. I think he's going to succeed at a whole variety of spots. The question is, which one of these are is going to optimize his talent level? Because I mean, clearly, you know, just and then you start, you know, digging up a little bit about who the guy is, and, and that obviously only raises the stock on this kid. So, um, <clears throat> to me, you know, he's different than a lot of these guys that we've hyped up or that people have hyped up in the past and, you know, that some of us have been very wary of. Like, I specifically have been very wary about ultra-athletic strong safety types because it's like, what are you doing with this guy? Do you know what you're doing with this guy? And are you sure that he can do what you want him to do at a high level? I I don't have that worry about him because I know that if, if he doesn't become some kind of elite box safety or, I don't know, dime linebacker he can easily be in the back end and play that free safety topper maybe not be the all uh, the an all pro but he could do it very 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 well and, and no matter what you're gonna find a way to get this guy to his best football is ahead of him and, and 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 he's and he's gonna if you can find a way to unlock all the he has all the elements just you just need to put them all together and and he is just he could be really something special
1: joan are you as high on Derwin James as Landon is?
0: man I interest you in a Keanu Neal type prospect but better man coverage because that's what yes. that's what James is. That's what Daron yes. James is. Because he can play that, you know, that Rob role, he can play that little dime linebacker, he can play safety for you, strong safety. He's not gonna play center fielder, but what he can do is come from the box, he can guard tight ends for you. And I think he'd be that big nickel guy who I think he has cornerback like man coverage skills. I think that's one of the biggest differences between him and some of the other stadiums in this class. Um, athletic tools are off, the tra- are off the charts. Physical traits are going to show at the combine. You're going to see how um, strong he is, how quick he is. I don't think he's going to really blow up the 40, but his explosion numbers in the vertical and broad jump are going to kill it. Um, I think he is one of the most natural talents in this club, best natural talents in this class. If we look at him and Jamal Adams – left like side by side. Jamal Adams is obviously more polished, more, uh, I think he took better angles. I think he's a little more under control, but I mean, any, other than that, they're pretty similar in my eyes. I think when you look at James, James is a more physical, imposing player um, with his traits. It's like that, but Adams is more polished. I think James got a tough time getting out of the top 15, honestly, because of that. I think some teams are going to fall in love with him in the interview rooms. Everyone who, who I've talked about the like James says he was a team captain, great locker room guy, um, leader, uh, I just don't see him falling that far to Dallas. I think he's a dream scenario because you can do so many different things as Landon pointed out. Um, but I just don't see him being there. But, uh, but to answer your question, I am high on Derwin James. I think he's top 10 talent in this
1: class. And I think his tape got better as the season went along. So let me propose this question to you guys. If, if you think Derwin James is the ideal player, strong safety, this Cowboys team, and that's, I mean, we can really look at this roster now, and we can kind of nail down their biggest needs. It's probably left guard, and it's probably safety. Is Derwin James a guy that you would consider, you know, moving up for? I mentioned today on Twitter, you could send your third-round pick and probably move up to 13 or 14. and That would probably secure him. Would you do that if you're the Cowboys? I would do it. I think I would. I mean,
2: I, I think that, you know, if if we're not talking – if we're taking off the Earl Thomas thing and that's just not available, then, yeah, I think that that would be my second Singable. second best chance. Uh, <laughs> second best uh, <laughs> second best, uh, option as far as, like, kind of securing the safety position, especially if, as we learned today, it sounds like Byron Jones is confirmed at corner.
0: If you can get a top 10 talent like Byron James without parting with your second-round pick and it's right up, i will do it all day long. Yeah, because sure. Yeah. And- Go ahead. You're not, you're not going to get that type of safety at 81. You're not, not going to get that type of safety at 19 or 50. So I think you have – and if that safety is such a big need as we think it will be with Byron Jones moving in the corner, I think you have to make that move.
1: And with your fourth-round picks and your – I think you what, you got a fourth and two-fifths and a sixth with no compensatory right. picks. Th- that might ease the pain of losing that third-round pick. You can move exactly. back up into the third round if you have to. And again – Listen, I, I think you need to put this on the table. It sounds like they're going to offer a second round pick or second round tender to David Irving, if somebody does come in and swoop up David Irving, even more, it gives you even more ammunition to move around and get your guys. So, Derwin James probably of the three that we talked about, four that we talked about so far, probably our favorite. The last two uh, we're going to talk about, and we'll we'll start with Maurice Hurst. Uh, is <sighs> Maurice Hurst is an interesting one because the it seems like the draft community is a little bit split on what he is. Um, he is a undersized three technique. I think he's probably going to weigh in around two hundred and eighty six, two hundred eighty seven pounds. Um, some people think he's a snap jumper. Some people think he's got a, a he's just quick off the line of scrimmage. Um, Jonah, where do you see uh, Maurice Hurst as a player, and how would he fit in with the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, so
0: I think he's just that one-gap-attacking-three technique who you plug in, and he's kind of like a Millie Collins, like a souped-up Malik Collins where you know, he offers more production at coming out of college, obviously. Uh, uh, I think he's a good pass rusher. gives you a little bit of a burst and quickness off the snap. Um, I don't think he's necessarily a snap jumper. I think he has a good first step. I just don't know if he's the athlete some people are billing him as. I don't think he's that kind of, wow, he's just an Aaron Donald-type athlete. I don't think he's that kind of player. I also don't think he's the best defense tackle in this class. I don't think he's the best three technique in this class. Ooh. So to me, I think he's a second round player. I think he's a solid prospect. I just don't see the first round type of player we're seeing, um, especially you know his size. I know people say, well, Aaron Donald was under six was six one. He's not that kind of player. He's not that kind of athlete. I think to me, Donald was better against the run. Hurst is the kind of guy who I think he gets swallowed against the run at the NFL level. I just I'm not sure he's going to be able to hold up, you know, as, as, a, as a consistent guy in that aspect of the game i think he's gonna offer a lot of uh, solid uh, pass rush potential and pass rush value as a rotational kind of guy um i think he will be a starting three technique in this league i just don't know especially with malik collins i think his best spot i think we gotta agree probably is his best spot is three technique and are we really going to take you know put maurice Hurst and malik collins on the field at the same time and get destroyed against the run i'm not sure i want to do that in 19 so to me i let someone else i let some other team take maurice Hurst because he's going to go somewhere between 19 and 50. Um, probably not before, probably probably not before 19, and probably not after 50. So to me, you're gonna have to grind there at that 19th spot, um, and I just don't see why they should do that with Malik Collins is on the roster. But again, I think he's a solid player. I don't hate him, but I don't love him.
1: Landon, are you going to have our first disagreement on the podcast? Or are you no, going to disagree with Jonah? No, I'm not. Because Jonah was, ah.
2: Jonah was essentially reading from my notes. First of all, I, <laughs> I gave I gave him a second round. Uh, I'm just read through it. My, I mean, the pros are exactly what you said. Uh, the only thing I would add is that he, you know, he seemed very good about uh, squeezing through tight spots, especially between blockers. I felt like that that was, and when he's when he gets low, when he's on the move, he's very difficult to stop. Um, very good. But, but I agree, In cons- I can't tell if he's unathletic and inconsistent or a snap jumper. I, I mean, I obviously have not seen clearly as much as Jonah or a lot of these other people, but in the short time, sort of amount I've watched, it's been very difficult to decipher if this guy is just a great athlete who's inconsistent, or if this is a guy who is a combination of a decent athlete and good j- t- jumper. It's just, it's really tough to tell with this guy, but uh, it's not consistent I, you know, Like I said, I have it listed here, where he wins, playing on the move. And then my notes are, Hurst could be a good fit, but will he cost more than I'd be willing to pay? When, when he is asked mm. to do things that, that he would likely do with the Cowboys, stunts, slant games, uh, but also just getting upfield, he usually looks good doing it. But But for how many times out of how many snaps? And I think that's yes, it. Yeah. Like he, he can do all the things that the Cowboys want. I just think that I just don't know that he's consistent enough at it for me to take the take the risk at where I'm gonna have to, you know, select him.
1: Yeah. See, I think I'm gonna actually disagree with both of you guys. I kind of like Maurice Hurst. Um, I, I think he's would be extremely effective in the Cowboys' scheme where they're just asking him to get upfield and create quick burst off the line of scrimmage. I thought he was fantastic uh, on stunts and twists. Um, I actually think that's where his best football came. Um, he, to me, he's the guy that I think is going to be a much better NFL player when he can just pin his ears back and go. Uh, Michigan did some weird things with him at times. Uh, sometimes they lined him up as, like a, as a nose tackle, and I just didn't love that fit. Uh, I, I'm really curious to see how he tests out. I think he's going to test out like a good athlete, but again, again, I think he's got explosion. I don't think he's a snap jumper. Um, it, it will, that will probably be confirmed at the combine. Um, we'll see. I, I just think this is another guy that the Cowboys could bring in, put part of the, you know, another part of the rotation. Um, they wouldn't be forced to start him right away. Maybe he could be the anchor of that second unit. With Taco Charlton and maybe Randy Gregory. Um, we'll see. But I, I, I really like Hurst's ability to get up the field, and I think he's the best three technique in this class. Sorry, Jonah, it's not Taven okay. Bryan. Well, is, is that well, your number one three technique? Well, yes. Taven Bryan is a monster, first and foremost. Okay. And
0: I think he's a physical freak. And so my question to you is, what are you doing with Molly Collins? Because are, are, are we just, if you take Murray's Hurst, Murray's Hurst is basically just souped up Molly Collins. Are you giving up on Malik Collins? Or are you keeping at the one technique and demolishing the run game?
1: Yeah. So here's my thing. I, I think you just play both. Um, I, I think we want to keep these guys snaps down, anyways. My philosophy, kind of with defensive linemen anymore, is unless you have an elite, elite talent, uh, like I think Demarcus Lawrence is an elite talent, I think you should just draft these guys every single year. You know, draft a guy in the top 100 every year and just kind of cycle through these guys. So if yeah, well, we're going on year three of Malik Collins. Let him, you know, be the starter this year at the three technique or at the one technique, whatever they decide to do. Um, and then, you know, by year four, maybe she's splitting snap at the Maurice Hurst, and then he hits free agency, and then you just keep this cycle over and over. Just keep throwing picks on your defensive line.
2: And just, you know, hope that Taco does something. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Such a downer. Such a downer. So let's talk about let's talk about a guy that can actually rush the passer, and that is Harold Landry of Boston College. Um, I'll go ahead and start with this one because this is probably my second favorite choice out of all the guys we've, uh, we we mentioned. Yeah, I I am a huge Harold Landry fan. If you go back and watch that 2016 tape. I think that's a top 10 player. Uh, That's a guy that I know right now how he's going to win in the NFL. He's going to be able to win with hand technique and being able to bend around the edge. I don't see the same athlete that Vic Beasley was um, coming in a few years ago. But this is a guy that can absolutely win as a right defensive end in Rob Marinelli's defense. I don't worry about... Uh, his ability to stop the run because it's just not v- that vital to this Cowboys defense. It's just not something that they care a lot about. And hence why they don't value one techniques. They want to get after the passer. Um, I, I love how I love his different moves that he has. I love his long arm. I think that's the guy that you can put on your team day one. And I think he can give you assuming he's healthy. I think he can give you six to seven sacks as a rookie. Um, Jonah, tell me why I'm too high on Harold Landry. Here's the
0: thing, is you're usually wrong. But you're not wrong on this one. Yes. Because to me, if if the Cowboys draft Harold Landry, wait, Jonah, can you can you check on that again? Are you
2: sure Marcus isn't just wrong about this?
0: <laughs> he usually I'll, I'll I'll let it that out of the show, don't worry. Okay, okay. okay. Hey, Marcus Marcus <laughs> is usually spitting some fire takes I don't know how I agree with. <laughs> but this one I do because I think Harold Landry, if if Isaiah wins gone, you know, if, you know, we, we see Derwin James off the board, to me, Harold Landry would be a great pick. I would love it because he instantly makes one of your weaknesses on the team. Like other than DeMarcus Lawrence, you need a pass rush outside of him. He makes it one of your strengths because now your pass rush unit, it, it, assuming they keep David Irving, you now have DeMarcus Lawrence. You have an improving Taco Charlton. Hopefully you have David Irving, Harold Landry, and you got the interior presence of Malik Collins in there as well. So to me, you made your pass rush infinitely better. I mean, it's not even close because this guy can be mm-hmm. a quarterback. This the one of the one things you that this team needs, especially you know after the disappointment of them taking Taco last year like oh man, Harold Landry would be such like a it it's such a big boost for the guys who love TJ Watt last year. You know they wanted that right defensive end They are like hey, let's go for a let's go for Bowser. If Landry if they take Landry they're like okay guys, we're we're giving you guys a bone because Landry has you know 16 and a half sacks his junior year. mean, this guy to me, is the best pure passer from this draft. If you're looking at just the traits, I think Bradley Chubb is a great player. I take him in the top five all day long. But when you look at right defensive end traits and the guy that get around the uh, get around the edge, um, bend off of the corner with athleticism and flexibility, Harold Landry is your guy. I know people are going to be down on him because of the injury um, and the production dip. But to me, when you just look at what he does on tape and what he does to win at, a, at a, as a pass rusher, it translates, and I think he's going to end up being a double-digit sack guy at the next level. It just depends on where he goes and what scheme he goes to. I think he played a four-three or three-four. So to me, I think he fits Rod Marinelli's scheme perfectly, and I'll draft him at nineteen all day long.
1: All right, Landon, tell me about him.
2: I ha- I had like this whole thing like planned out about like. Oh, well, I'm going to be so different than y'all because I haven't watched any 2017 tape and all I've seen is 2016 tape and I love the guy. So I I don't know why you guys hate him so much. (laughs) But here we are, all three of us agreeing again. So I, listen, I haven't seen, like I said, I haven't seen 2017 tape. So I I haven't been tainted by, you know, what I've heard is an ankle injury that he played through, which again, the guy doesn't win. He's not super athletic, but he's, I mean at least in 2016 he was flexible and he could get around the, the corner and he won with a lot of flexibility. And so when you have a you know a pretty serious ankle injury it's kind of taking away your one trick pony, you know? It's like it's taking
0: flexible ankle
2: injury. Yeah, it's <laughs> taking away a, 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 a the the one pony no trick pony's trick, you know? And so I don't know, like I think that I I think to me that one one of the one of the one of the things that is is difficult is that you know when you have a lot of, of, of value and investments in, in one position and then you kind of just keep hitting it I mean it was like one thing with offensive line but it's another thing with defensive line where you've spent a whole lot of money you got a whole lot of money in the books with the, with the defensive end you got you know some draft picks and and you're gonna have a whole lot more money pretty soon in that position so I think that it's If you got nothing else, you know, it's it's not a terrible option. I like the guy, but I don't know that, you know, I'm afraid that because he is a defensive end only, because, you know, he is the least flexible of these guys as far as where you could play him probably, um, that it's necessarily like he's going to be my first choice at 19 because of what you have uh, on the team already. But I I, I thought that I don't like the guy. It's just that I I worry at one point, can you reach a saturation level at defensive end, like spending, you know, like cost, you know, because I think that you you speak about what what Crawford's deal already is, plus what you're going to pay, what you're going to pay DeMarcus Lawrence. You already have another first round from last year that was a defensive end. Uh, And, and, you know, so I I don't think it's, it's, again, I like the guy. I just – uh, you know, th- what else is there? I'm going to need to know what else is there. It's, you know?
0: it's a
1: luxury. Yeah, it's a luxury. It, it, it is definitely a luxury.
0: You already have, you already have the investments on your roster and defensive event. I get what you're saying completely.
1: Yeah. I will say this as a last parting shot. If you're going to spend a lot of money and resources at one position, that's the position that we've seen in the past where you can do it at and have a lot of su- that's success. That's Just look at the Eagles this year. I know you don't want to, we don't always want to compare it to the Super Bowl champion, but look, the Eagles, they paid Brandon Graham. They paid Vinnie Curry. They went out and got Chris Long, and yet they still spent a draft pick on Derek Barnett to be their fourth edge rusher. Um, That's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Next week, we will review the Combine. Make sure you guys download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Follow Landon at McCoolBTV. Follow Jonah at JonahTollsNFL. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you guys next time.